0: Let's take your Bibles, please. Turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. We're starting very early tonight, but you might get out early, and so nobody will complain about that. Matthew chapter 16. I want to share with you a little bit of the Bible study that I was doing personally yesterday, and it just helped me and pricked my heart, and I pray and hope that it'll help you tonight. But it will be more of a Bible study, and so I encourage you. We'll start in Matthew chapter 16. We'll look in the book of Mark, and we'll also look in the book of John. Matthew chapter 16, we're going to look at the relationship that Peter had with Jesus Christ and Peter's battle with the flesh. As I was reading through Matthew, I started in Mark chapters 14, 15, and 16, I realized what the Lord Jesus Christ was doing with Peter. He was constantly trying to teach him that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is mighty through God. And we see that theme repeated over and over in the scripture. We're going to show you that tonight, but we're going to go back even further into Matthew 16. And I believe this is where it started. Now, I I know the Lord Jesus Christ was always teaching the disciples and always trying to help them and to grow them and to to nurture them. And uh, so this may not been the first time Jesus was teaching Peter about the spirit, but certainly it is the, the first time we see it publicly And we have record of it in the scriptures that God is trying to train Peter and use him for something greater. Now, if there's anything we know about Peter in the Bible, he was a man's man, wasn't he? He was a fisherman, he was an outdoorsman. Uh, I'm sure his skin was weathered from many nights upon that sea. He was a tough guy. The Bible says that in the garden of Gethsemane, when those soldiers came, he's the one in the book of John records that he drew a sword and he cut off the ear of the, the soldier named Melchis. Now think about it. The Bible says that there were four quaternions of soldiers. A quaternion was 36 soldiers. There was 144 soldiers in that garden. There was four quaternions. And of 144 soldiers, Peter pulled out, pulled out his sword and he went to battle. He He feared no man. And uh, he was a, a burly fellow. He was a strong man. And uh, we see it later on when the, the tomb is empty. The Bible says that John and Peter ran to the tomb. And John did outrun Peter, but he stopped. But Peter barged right on in. But Peter's mouth was often as big as his personality, wasn't it? And it often got him in trouble. It was Peter that had the courage to walk on the water. And Peter did some amazing things. And he had a lot of strength, a lot of physical prowess. I believe Jesus perhaps chose Peter because of his charisma, because of his, his personal abilities. But the Lord Jesus Christ also had to hone him. And to teach Peter, you cannot rely on the flesh, but you must rely on the spirit. As let's look at Matthew chapter 16 where all this starts. And I think it'll help you tonight. I believe it, helped, it, it broke me. It really pricked my heart to understand how many times and to think how many times I try to fix a spiritual problem with a physical answer. Have you ever done that? you ever tried to fix a spiritual problem with a fleshly or a carnal answer? We try to fix things. Men especially, we, are, we, are, we want to solve a problem when the best thing we can do is pray. We want to to somehow take it in our hands and tangibly change something or adjust something or repair something when when we'd be better suited just taking it to the Lord and trusting God. That was Peter. And so let's look at Peter's life tonight, Matthew chapter 16, you will see with me in verse 13. The Bible says, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter said unto him, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, when Peter says that, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus immediately knew something was going on in Peter's heart. Peter had been out on a missionary journey with the other disciples and they'd been casting out demons and they'd been healing the sick and they'd been doing the mighty works of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And through that process, Jesus realized in the life of Peter, he has learned something. He has learned that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, but he learned something more than that. And we'll see it in the very next verse. Let's pray together. Father, help us now, we pray. May your spirit speak to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help me. There's a lot of of thoughts here, a lot of scripture, and I pray that you'd help us to work our way through it systematically. And Lord, that we might draw the principles from it and apply it to our lives. Help us, we pray. We'll thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Peter proclaims that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, verse 17, and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Look what he says. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Flesh and blood. In other words, he's saying to Peter, this is not the flesh speaking, this is God. Now, had, had Jesus said to him, my Father in heaven has revealed this to you, and, and the sky had opened up and God had spoken down to Peter in an audible voice, I'm sure Peter would have said, yes, that's exactly what happened. God opened the sky and I heard his voice and he revealed it to me or he came to me in a dream, but that didn't happen. How does the Father communicate with us? Through the Spirit. Now we have the Word of God. We have the written, recorded word of God. I believe with all my heart it is the inspired word of God given to us by who? The Holy Spirit of God. All scripture is given by inspiration. God breathed it out. The Bible says, 2 Peter end. Holy men uh, spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so when God is speaking to Peter here, I believe he's impressing upon his heart with the Holy Ghost. Now understand this, you might read your Bible and there are a lot of places today that will look at the Bible as a piece of literature or as a textbook and they'll get nothing from it. But when the spirit of God uses it to speak to our hearts, then we have revealed truth. We have the word of God. The spirit, the Bible says this, that when the spirit would come, he would guide us into all truth. And Jesus said, thy word is truth. And so the Holy Spirit of God works with the Word of God. And so for Peter to have this revelation, it had to have come from the Father through the Holy Spirit of God. So what Jesus is saying to him, Peter, you've learned a very important lesson here. You, you understand that I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. But, but not only have you learned that, you've learned that the Spirit of God imparts truth into our hearts. Now look what happens next. Here's a lesson. Look what happens next. Verse 21 from that time, now this is right from this very, very moment. He he says, "This is the truth that I will build the church on. The gates of hell shall not prevail about it. Uh, I will give unto thee the kings, keys of kingdom of heaven." And in verse twenty, he charged the disciples, "They tell nobody." And in verse twenty-one, from that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and after suffer many things of the elders, and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. So from that very moment, Jesus says, now they understand you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The Christ is the Greek word for Messiah. You are the promised one. And so now that they understand this truth, this rock upon which Jesus will build his church, uh, Jesus takes him aside. And he says, now listen, from this point right now, I am telling you this, I'm gonna have to go to Jerusalem. I'm gonna have to die. I'm going to have to pay the price for sins. And Peter begins to rebuke him right away. Notice what it says. But he turned, verse 23, and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but look what it says next, but those that be of men. Flesh. Flesh carnal. Peter, just a minute ago, the Spirit of God was working in your heart. You were controlled by God's Spirit, and because you were out there casting out demons and doing miracles and healing people, and God's Spirit was alive and working in your life, you came back with this wonderful pronouncement that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and just not a few minutes later, I realized that you're not just, you don't savor the things of God, you savor the things of men, the flesh, the flesh, And he says, get thee behind me, Satan. At this moment, you're my adversary. You're the enemy of the work of God. Think about that. Because Peter was savoring the things of men, savoring the things of the flesh. He was now the enemy of Christ and the plan of God. Right right there, if, if we just stopped right there tonight, that's enough to convict me. To think that the moment I step out of the spirit and start behaving in the flesh, I become the enemy of Christ. That doesn't mean that I'm uh, in a place where I'm hating Christ. Or I'm uh, going to take the name of Christ in vain. Or I'm going to smear his name or embarrass him in some way. It just simply means that God has a plan and I'm against it. It simply means that God has a solution to that problem that, I, that I'm trying to fix with my own hands. And God says, I've got a spiritual answer for that. I've got a way to take care of that. And as long as you're in the flesh, you're opposed to it. And I often wonder why there's so many times I can't make progress. Why I can't go forward. Why I don't see somebody saved. Because in my flesh, and my own earthly wisdom, and all the answers that I have, they are but flesh. We need the Spirit, the work of God in our lives. Now turn, if you will, over to Mark chapter 14. I want to show you how intensely important this is. Mark chapter 14. Look at verse twenty-two. We are coming to the end of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. He's already entered the city on the triumphal entry. He has taken control of this upper room and preparing a meal, what we have come to know as the Lord's Supper. The Bible says in verse twenty-two, and as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said, "Take eat, this is my body." And he took the cup when he had given thanks. He gave it to them and they, they all drank of it. And he said unto them, take, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until the day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out unto the Mount of Olives. So now here they are at the Mount of Olives and at the Mount of Olives is a garden called Gethsemane. Gethsemane means olive press or oil press. And it was right there. We've been to the Garden of Gethsemane. We've been to this Mount of Olives. And you can see the Gethsemane, the garden, right there. And so here they are at the Mount of Olives and right there where the garden is. Now, look, look, if you will, at verse 22. Sorry, verse 27. And Jesus said to them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep (coughs) shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, That this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, Thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise, also said they all. Now here we are at the Last Supper, and now we've moved over to the Mount of Olives, and Peter boldly proclaims, I will not fail. I will stand for Christ. Christ says no. The Bible says that they will they will smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Peter says, no, if everybody else runs away, I won't. There was a certain pride about it. He was speaking in his flesh. Now, had Peter said something like this, well, I, I guess I need to go to prayer. I need to fall on my face and plead with God and beg him for strength. And I need to trust his spirit that he'll get me through this night. Whatever, whatever is thrown at us. That I'll be, but that's not what he did. He stood and he said, I will stand no matter what. Jesus is in the spirit and he's prophesying that they would all flee. Peter was in the flesh and he was saying, no, it'll never happen. Now look what happens next. Verse 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. So they're on the Mount of Olives and they're they're walking and talking and is speaking and Jesus is prophesying about what's going to happen that night. And they come to that little gate, maybe there's a gate there, and they're going into the garden. And he says to his disciples, You stay here. I'm going to go into the garden and pray. But he does something else. Notice what he says. Verse 33 And he taketh with him Peter and James and John and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, Peter, James, and John, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death, tarry ye here and watch. I just want to take, this is not part of the message, but I want to just take an aside here for a moment and notice this. The Lord Jesus Christ has just prophesied that all would forsake him. He has secondarily prophesied that Peter would deny him three times before the cock crows twice. And yet he says to Peter, I want you to draw closer to me. I'm going off to pray. My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. And you're the one I want with me. You're the one. Isn't this something that God would use us in our weakness and in our failures? And even though he knows what's going to happen, he still chooses to draw close to us. Peter was invited into the garden. He was invited with James and John to come in to pray with him. Now notice what it says. And he says, and watch. This morning, we noticed that exact same Greek word in the Bible where the men were to be watchful. We are to be watching. It's a shepherding term, meaning to to be alert and to be sober and to keep attention. And for that hour, knowing the gravity of the situation, I believe it was likely implied to, to them, I am sorrowful even unto death. Would you watch with me? Would you pray? Would you prepare yourself spiritually? And I think Peter knew that. Because notice what happens next. And it says in verse 35, And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping. And saith unto who? Why not James and John? They were sleeping too. Because it was Peter that he was trying to shape. It was Peter that he was working on. It was Peter that was going to deny him. It was Peter that was going to step out of the spiritual and back into the flesh that night. So he says, Peter, Peter. And notice what he says to him. It's important. Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Now look what he says. Watch ye and pray. Why? Lest ye enter into temptation. Now, think about this. Stop reading for a minute. In a little while, he's going to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to give in to the temptation of the flesh to save his own skin. That's what he's going to do. And I wonder if he's going to think back and go, Oh, I should have been praying. I should have spent that time on my face before God. I wonder if I just spent some time while Jesus was praying, if I had prayed, if I had pleaded with God, if I had begged, if perhaps this would have passed. But instead, he slept. And notice what Jesus says next The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. We, we we've heard that a thousand times. I want to tell you tonight what it is. It is a warning. Peter, you've got a choice to make. I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna pray again. Twice more he would do that. Jesus would. And when I go and pray, you ought to pray. You ought to pray and you ought to watch, and you ought to pray, and you ought to watch, and you ought to plead with God, and you ought to beg with God, lest ye enter into temptation. And here's what I want to tell you, Peter. If you're going to follow after the flesh, it's weak. But if you'll get in the spirit tonight, he's ready to help you. He's ready. The spirit is ready, but the flesh is weak. And Peter, we've had this conversation before. By the spirit of God, he revealed to you that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. But when you got in the flesh, you were rebuking me and telling me not to follow my father's plan. And you became an enemy of the plan of God. We've been down this road, Peter. And here we are again. But Peter goes back to sleep. Notice what the Bible says. And again he went away and prayed, verse 39, and spake the same words. And when he had returned, he found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy, neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. It's too late. Can you imagine Jesus saying that? Go ahead and sleep, guys. It's it's too late now. It's enough. It's over. Here they come. And that's exactly what happens. Look at the next words The hour is come. You're not ready, guys. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. He that betrayeth me is at hand. They had an opportunity to get into the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to appeal to the Spirit of God, to pray and to beg God for his strength. But instead, they chose to stay in the flesh. Now, look at verse 43. And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whosoever, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same is he that take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway through him and saith, Master, Master. And he kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. The book of John tells us that that person that took a sword was Peter. Peter, still courageous, still brave, but all in the flesh. All in the flesh. The name of that centurion was Melchis. And the Lord Jesus Christ would heal his ear. And the book of Matthew records it this way. He that taketh up the sword shall die by the sword. What was Christ's rebuke to Peter? Peter, if you're going to live by the flesh, you're going to die by the flesh. We see this battle with Peter's flesh going on over and over again, and Jesus every single time trying to teach Peter, Peter, the flesh is weak, the spirit is ready. Crucify the flesh. Put away the flesh. Be done with the flesh. Trust in God. Pray. Watch. Be ready. The hour of temptation is coming. Can I I tell you tonight, friends, the hour of temptation is coming for each of us. And are we ready? I believe that's why the Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. We are to always watch and be ready. Notice as we continue this scripture Verse 48, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as th- against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and he took me not, but the scripture must be fulfilled. And they all, look at verse 50, they all forsook him and fled. If Jesus that night were to peel back the veil that separates the earthly from the spiritual, they would have seen the greatest spiritual battle in the history of man taking place. As all the demons of hell were trying to take down the Son of God. I, I Listen, if you have the Son of God, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, standing in the Garden of Gethsemane, you don't send just one or two demons. You send them all. There was a war going on that night. And Peter and James and John and the others decided to sleep. They did not understand the gravity of the situation. And as a result of Peter again acting physically and trying to work it all out in the flesh, they failed. And when he failed in this fleshly battle, when he cut off, it must have almost pierced his heart when he cut off that ear and Jesus picked it up and healed it. So you're going to live by the sword. You're going to die by the sword. Would you not that I take this cup? And Peter realized there was nothing else he could do. And the Bible says they all forsook him and fled. I want to suggest to you right here, Peter's already denied Christ and he doesn't even know it yet. The cock may not have crone Yet. But Peter's already denied when he took off and fled. Now notice what the Bible says next, verse 53. And they led Jesus' away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Peter followed him how? Afar off. Just hours earlier, Jesus stood at the gate of the Garden of Gethsemane and he said to Peter, Peter, come and be close with me. Come and pray with me. Watch with me. You come in the rest are going to stay out here, but Peter, James, and John, I want you to be close tonight. My soul is sorrowful even unto death and I need my prayer warriors. I need those who are closest to me. I need those who love me to be here with me close and now that Peter has used his flesh over and over and failed every single time, where is he now? He's afar off. That closeness with Jesus is gone. And now that he's afar off, he's easy pickings for the devil. All it took was a couple little maiden girls to come up and say, Weren't you with Jesus? And he would be, deny ever knowing him. Jump down to verse 66 with me. And As Peter was beneath in the palace, there cometh out one of the maids of the high priest. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked upon him and said, And thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied, saying, I know not. Neither understand I what thou sayest. And he went out into the porch and the cock crew, that's the first time. And a maid saw him again and began to say to them that stood by, This is one of them. And he denied it again. And a little after they stood by, he said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech betrayeth thee, or speech agreeeth thereto. But he began to curse and to swear, saying, to Know not this man of whom ye speak. And the second time the cock crew, and Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him. Before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he had thought thereon, he wept. Peter, as I said in the introduction tonight, was a man's man. His entire life, he had been able to fix things with his hands. He could provide for his family by working hard on the Lake of Galilee. He could clean those nets, he could throw them out against the next night and catch another draft of fishes. He was a hard-working man. He never feared a battle. But when he failed in the flesh for the last time, he thought, what's the use? And he spiraled into a spiritual failure until the cock crew. And the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. But I want to say to you tonight, Now he's right where Jesus wants him. He's broken. His flesh has finally been destroyed. And notice what happens next. If I were to turn to Mark chapter 15, you'd say, what would happen? In Mark chapter 15, we read that the Lord Jesus Christ was taken and scourged and beaten and tried unfairly and a crown of thorns put upon his head. He took the cross down the road and up a hill and he was crucified at Golgotha. And Peter is not mentioned in the entire chapter. He's nowhere to be found. His flesh has been broken, and so is he. But notice, if you will, Mark chapter 16. Look there. Hey, aren't you glad that God never gives up on people? Notice what he says. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Siloam, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And verily early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, be not affrighted. You see, Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified, he is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and who? Peter. Why Peter? Peter could be lying in a gutter somewhere. Peter could be locked up in a room utterly ashamed of his failures. But Jesus said, I'm not through with him yet. Now that his flesh has failed, he's finally in a place where I can use him. Let me prove that to you tonight. Go and find Peter. By the way, every time Peter acted out in the flesh, Jesus invited him back. What a graceful and merciful God. But Jesus has one more lesson for Peter. Turn, if you will, to the book of John, chapter 21. John, chapter 21. In John, chapter 21, we know the story. The Lord Jesus Christ has already risen from the grave in John, chapter 20. And he's appeared to many of the disciples, and 500 at once, and others, and Now Peter says, I go a-fishing. And some other disciples decide to go with him. They fished all night and they didn't catch anything. And Jesus is on the seashore and he says, have you any meat? They said, no. He said, let down your nets on the other side. And I don't know why they didn't have deja vu all over again. Because this has already happened once. But they let down their nets and they had so many fish and John turned to Peter and said, it is the Lord. And Peter threw himself into the water and he was so excited he swam to the shore. And you remember that the Lord already had a little fire prepared. He had some fish upon the coals and he's he's about to feed us. He says, come and dine. And as they're eating, he says to Peter, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? He says, yea, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, then feed my lambs Twice more he would ask him, and he would say, feed my sheep. But Look at verse 15 with me now, after that exchange has taken place. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Now listen to verse 18, and here's key. Verily, verily I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. Now that word gird means to dress yourself. When you were young, you dressed yourself and you went wherever you want. And when you're older, you'll dress you. somebody else will dress you and they'll take you where you wouldn't go. But I don't believe in this context that's what it means. The Bible also says that we're to have our loins girt about with truth. And it's speaking about the armor of God. It also says to gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, strengthen the loins of your mind. The modern day word that comes from the Greek underlying word for this is the word girder, a construction term to strengthen or to build. And I believe what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here to Peter, he says, Peter, before I've been teaching you all these things, you used to rely on your own strength. You used to strengthen yourself. And it took you a lot of places because you were a, a charismatic guy and you were a strong guy and you had a lot of wisdom and you, you were able to do a lot of things. And, and so when you were young, you used to gird yourself and it took you a lot of places. But when you're old, you're going to be strengthened by another, girded by another. Who's he speaking about? The Holy Spirit of God. And that another, that spirit of God that girds you up is going to carry you places you would have never thought possible. The next verse says, this spake he concerning his death. Peter, it wasn't long ago you said at the last supper you'd be willing to die for me. But you ran away like a little girl. He said, I'm going to tell you this, now that the spirit of God has strengthened you, You will die for me. You see, that's why the Apostle Paul continuously over and over and over again said to us, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said to the Galatians, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed and henceforth we should not serve sin. It is amazing what can happen. Once the flesh is out of the way, once the spirit of God has full, you say, "What happened to Peter? Not much, except he preached the first church service in a brand new church at Jerusalem, and three thousand souls were saved." The spirit of God used him. You say, "Do you ever sin again?" Oh yeah, he sinned. He got charged with racism. He he made some mistakes later on in his life. Nobody's perfect. We're all sinners saved by grace. But if we look at his ministry from this point, do you know the Bible says that there were people that would, that would inch their way into the streets, cripples and lames and others, inch their ways in the street, hoping that the shadow of Peter would cross over them because they knew there's a man of God with the Spirit of God upon him. And maybe if I can just get into his shadow, something would happen. Boy, I tell you what, Peter was a man from Galilee who, perhaps in the flesh, was known as a good fisherman, maybe in the flesh, known as a good provider, but in the Spirit of God, he was the apostle. He was the apostle to the Gentiles, he was the preacher on the day of Pentecost. And thousands of names are in the Lamb's book of life because a man was filled with the Spirit of God. We must crucify the flesh. I'm gonna read one passage and we're done. Turn if you will to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. He says, is the spirit important today? Listen to this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk. Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. They said, well, I'm kind of happy the way I am. You want to walk after the flesh, God is a gentleman and he'll allow you to do it. But there's condemnation. Just as a parent chastens their child, the Lord chastens whom he loveth. There's condemnation. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, fleshly minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's a choice. Throughout his entire ministry, Peter was challenged by Jesus stop being in the flesh. You ever wonder why Jesus almost comes across harsh, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but be of man? It's because he's trying to teach him. Peter, you had this wonderful revelation in the spirit of God, but now you've slipped back into the flesh, thinking carnally, thinking like a man, Oh, that we could help you. And on and on we see throughout his life that Peter just kept making fleshly decisions, fleshly decisions. But finally when he died to Christ, finally when he crucified the flesh, Jesus said, the old man Peter used to gird himself. And you went a lot of play, but let me tell you, in the future, somebody else is going to gird you up. The power of God is going to come on your life. And you're going to go places you never thought possible. And you'll be even willing to die for me. It's a choice. You can walk in the flesh. But you won't be pleasing to God. Or you can walk in the spirit and crucify the flesh. And see God do some amazing things. Let's bow tonight. Father, help us. Speak to our hearts. Help us to be a people of the spirit. Lord, our salvation is a spiritual birth. The songwriter said, We're born of the Spirit with life from above. So, Lord, as we experience our new life in Christ, because of the regenerating power of the Spirit of God, may we also walk in the Spirit. May we be filled with Him daily. But we must crucify the flesh. Lord, I pray that we'd make that choice. That we just decide that I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to crucify the affection and the lust of this life. <coughs> that I'm going to be girded up with the Spirit of God. Oh God, help us and speak to us. Lord, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet tonight with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If God has spoke, would you step out and come? Would you spend some time with the Lord right where you are? Just pray tonight. Let's make the decision we're going to follow the spirit and not the flesh. The spirit is ready. Just call out to him. The flesh is weak. There's no need to choose him.